It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Draws it's a drive to left. Hit very well. It is way back. Out of here. Cody Ross has done it again, and the Giants take the lead. That was Cody Ross's second homer of game one in the 2010 NLDS against Roy Halladay, who was the game's most dominating pitcher that year. You may remember those home runs, but wait till you hear about what Ross's game plan was going into that game. That moment and many more as we go inside Cody Ross's giant moments now. now. This is Inside Giant Moments, presented by Oracle. Our franchise has countless memorable, iconic moments. Join Mark Willard as he connects with our former players who lived these moments to relive the emotions, the stories, and the joy. Cody Ross joins the Inside Giant Moments podcast. Cody, it is great to have you. Really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Great to be on. I hear I uh, might be one of the very first ones to come on, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. We want to celebrate some of the great moments. So I got to ask you if you're ready to uh, to take a trip down memory lane and go go through some of this. Absolutely. It's been a while since I've talked about it, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, let's start on August August 21st, 2010. What do you remember yes. about that day? I'm pretty sure that's the day that I got claimed off waivers. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, you got the first right, right answer. <laughs> got the first right answer. Yep. So, yeah, so yeah that day um, was a, a bittersweet day for me. I uh, got the early call from – actually, no, it wasn't early. It was after the game. It was a Sunday. I remember, I remember it very vividly. I actually had a really good game that day. And uh, got called into the office right after – and um, the general manager was in there, the manager, uh, our president, team president, our vice uh, president, our general, I mean, a vice, I mean, I mean, everybody, the owner. And, <laughs> you know, they, uh, they said, hey, you know, Cody, it's, uh, you know, a sad day for us, but um, we're going to let you go ahead and, and uh, I don't know if you, he's like, I, I remember him saying, he's like, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, the Giants claimed you and, we had a chance to pull you back, but we're going to have go ahead and let you go because we feel like it's a great opportunity for you. And of course, you know, being there for the last five years, I've had a lot of really good memories with, um, you know, a lot of my teammates. And I knew that they were going to the new stadium the next year. And I wanted to open up the stadium. So I got really upset. And I said, you guys are making a horrible decision. Um, you know, uh, I poured my heart and soul out for this team. I want to stay here. You know, I was willing to sign a deal here and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and anyway, there was a lot of back and forth and I started, you know, kind of tearing up. And a couple of my teammates kind of uh, came into the room and told the, you know, the front office that they weren't making a good decision and this and that. And anyway, um, after it was all said and done, I kind of, took a step back and said, you know what, here's a great opportunity go to a new place, um, you know, start over and uh, try to help this team win. And so I, you know, 
on the flight, I'm like looking at the roster and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of outfielders <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure I'm going to fit. I'm not sure I'm going to fit in here. And so I get to the clubhouse and sure enough, I see the first couple of people I see uh, is, uh, is Pat Burrell. Um, and then I see, uh, uh, Weiss and Lincecum and Huff and all the boys are just like waiting there with open arms saying, ah, oh, we're so glad you're here and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's going to be a great uh, run. And, and it was just a really, really awesome experience walking in, knowing how welcoming everybody was, not knowing my role really. And uh, just um, excited for the opportunity. So that happens. And then literally two minutes later, uh, Boach comes and he, calls me in his office and he's talking to me and, you know, welcomes me. And then a couple minutes after that, uh, Sabian, uh, Sa- uh, Saves uh, calls me into his office and he said, Cody, I know you've heard a lot of rumors about us blocking you from going to the Padres, but I can tell you with 100% uh, truth that we did not block you from going. We wanted you. We would never claim somebody um, if we didn't ha- if we didn't feel like they were – going to be a big part of this team he said that's the chance we took we we did it we got you you're here and you know and, and of course you know I, I i love saves he's the best and i believed every second of it but in the back of my mind i'm like you know what they probably did kind of try to block me a little bit i mean they can't say it was <laughs> but you know just him saying that made me feel so just happy like okay they really want me um it's not it wasn't just a, a move that they were trying to you know, block the, the team that they're battling the, um, you know, West with. And anyway, so that happened. And from then on, it was just like, I was just trying to fight my way into the lineup and I, I was swinging the bat. Okay. Um, leaving, uh, leaving Florida. I'd struggled all year. I got off to a really bad start and just kind of, uh, figured it out, you know, after the all-star break. And, you know, once I got there, uh, in San Francisco, Every time I got in, every time Boach put me in, I would, you know, get a couple hits or, you know, just contribute one way or the other. And then, you know, the whole thing with uh, um, Jose Guillen happened, and that's kind of how my playoff uh, started. So yeah, that was kind of a long-winded answer about uh, August, <laughs> August, but I felt like I needed to share the whole story right away. <laughs> no, 100%. That's really fascinating. And, and in fact, it's interesting – that Brian Sabian came and said that to you. I don't know that I've ever heard that, and I think that a lot of Giants fans have still moved on with the idea that that they were trying to block the Padres from getting you. So, I mean, do you still hear about that often from people? You know, no, only when it comes up in in conversation about how I got onto the Giants and how you know why what what was the reasoning behind. Um, me going there and, you know, I, and I just, I usually tell that same story is, you know, um, I, I heard through the grapevine that they, they were trying to block me. And I, and I, I can't remember who the center fielder was for the um, Padres that year. I want to say it might've been, gosh, I don't get me wrong. Don't, don't get me lying. It might've been Dave Roberts. I can't remember who it was, but anyway, somebody went down a significant piece on their team and, I knew they were looking for an outfielder uh, after the deadline. And, you know, it just kind of made sense that, you know, the Marlins weren't really looking for me to move on with them. And, 
I was like, you know, it might be an opportunity over there. And sure enough, it wasn't, which was a blessing and disguise. But then, um, you know, getting over into the Giants organization with, like I said, there was so many outfielders and I was like, dang, I don't know how this is going to work. But Boach figured it out. He nailed it as usual with um, getting guys in there when opportunities arose or, you know, uh, matchups. And, you know, I guess the rest is history. Yeah, that was actually one of the things I wanted to hit on. How did you go about earning playing time? You know, it started off, um, like I said at the beginning, he would plug me in uh, in certain areas or certain spots when he felt like I would succeed, mostly against left-handers usually. Um, And then, you know, we had a lot of really good left-handers in our division that year, I remember. And... uh, you know, uh, it just it just kind of worked out. I got some big hits and key moments. Um, you know, I ended up playing, I think, the last game of the uh, regular season. And, you know, I think I played all the way up until the very end of the regular season. The last, I think my September was – I can't remember correctly, but I could – you know, we could look back on the stats. But I hit, you know, well in September, and I got a bunch of at-bats. And, uh, you know, I remember Boach – uh, as soon as we won the division, we, you know, celebrated and he came in, he said, Cody, you're my, you're my guy. And in left field, he said, you know, if I'm going to need you in right field some too, but uh, you know, you're my guy. I said, Boach, I won't let you down. And, you know, from then on, I was like, I was so hyper-focused and um, you know, I just wasn't going to let anybody get in my way. So he had that conversation with you right away before the playoffs started. You're my guy. Yes, he did. He he said, "You're my guy, and I'm, you know, I'll, you know, ride you till, you know, you you can't go anymore." And I said, "I'll give you everything I got." And so that's kind of how our conversation went. And it's kind of that's kind of how the conversations always went with Boach. Is either he was so always up front with everybody um, uh, about playing time and you know what your role was or is, and um, you know that's what made him so great and loved. Uh, by the way, I do have your numbers, maybe not by month, but I have your Giants numbers right here in, in, in front of me, and it surprised me. You only had 73 at-bats in the regular season the rest of the way there with the Giants, but you hit 288. You had three home runs. I wonder if there is a moment or an at-bat that sort of stands out that, that made you officially feel like you were a member of the club and the community as a whole. Yeah, you know, I would say uh, that's a really good question. I don't remember exactly offhand what um, series or what it was, but I remember a particular time that I I got some really big hits and key moments, and I'm like, okay. And, I, and ironically, this is this is going to be really funny. But <laughs> so playing in in, in Miami, <laughs> playing in Miami, you know, you get a base hit. Um, in a big moment, you don't hear a, a big roar. And I'll never forget, like, one of the, you know, late in the season, big RBI, and the crowd went crazy. And I almost – I got, like, shook a little bit. I'm like, oh, geez, what, like, what just happened? Like, I, I'd, I'd never heard a roar of 45,000, 46,000 people in my life on my side. You know, on my side, I, I heard it on the opposite side. We'd go into, you know, Philly or Atlanta or, you know, the sold out crowds and somebody would get a base hit and I'd hear the crowd go crazy. But 
But on when I did it or a teammate did it, it never happened because we didn't have very many big crowds in, or we didn't have any crowds in Miami. So I'll never forget the first time I got a big hit. I heard this roar and I was like, holy crap, this is, this is what it's supposed to feel like. <laughs> wow, there are people here. This is cool. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so you, yeah. you guys win the division on the final day of the season. You entered that game as a pinch runner and later got a hit. Uh, what, what do you remember about that day? I just remember the the emotion that was running through me and how excited I was. And I can only imagine what it felt like for, uh, you know, guys that had been there, you know, all year, number one, number two, had been there their whole career and hadn't, you know, felt anything like that. And I was just thinking to myself, man, this is, a surreal moment right now. We're about to win the division. And I, I was just just full of joy. And as soon as that final out was made, I'll never forget, I was just, you know, going crazy, jumping up and down. I mean, it was like we had won the World Series right there, it felt like. Uh, or for me, at least. I mean, because I've never been in that situation before. So it was just a special, special moment. What, probably, I mean, besides winning the World Series – probably the most enjoyable experience I've had, I had up until that point. Two down in the ninth inning. And the Giants looking for the final out of the final game here in the 2010 season. And a trip to the division series as the National League West champions. Huff at first, Fontenot at second, Uribe at short, Sandoval at third, Ross in left, Torres in center, Sherholtz in right, Posey back of the plate. Venable entered the game in the seventh as a pinch hitter and struck out. Everybody's standing. In the final moments being played in the shade, the sun is gone behind a cloud. The 0-2 pitch. Struck it out, swinging! The ball game is over, and the Giants have won the National League. Western Division title for the first time in seven years. And they come pouring out of the dugout to begin the celebration over near the first base area. And they are jumping up and down. Brian Wilson retires the side in order and strikes out Venable to end the game. Who's the first person you're looking for as soon as that final out is recorded? You know, it's uh, it's it's usually the outfielders when you know you're you're you know as soon as the you know the strikeout or whatever happened, you know you look to your outfield and and you start running and you're just like you have no idea what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you just start hugging and jumping <laughs> up in the air and it's just, it was just you know you just get goosebumps. Uh, galore and you know it was just a incredible feeling I mean I, it's so hard to explain feeling wise what that felt like but you know incredible I guess is the word <laughs> you know you you mentioned in the back of your mind uh, that that at least a little piece of you is wondering if if the Giants 
were blocking you from from the Padres, and then there you are on that last day, and you're playing the Padres in order to win the division. Is that is that thought on your mind that day? Absolutely, the whole series it was, and I, I remember thinking to myself, "Well, if they really wanted me, they should have traded me before the deadline, and, and you know, for insurance reasons." But you know, now I'm going to try to stick it to them. And, uh, I'll, yeah, absolutely. That, those, those thoughts definitely crossed my mind. I, I mean, I don't know if people knew this either, but um, kind of let the, the cat out of the bag a little bit. But I guess apparently this is rumor. I don't know if this is true or not. We could ask <laughs> Matt Latos if it is. But apparently, like, that weekend, <laughs> Matt Latos got a huge tattoo on, the, like, the side of his uh, back um, right before he pitched against us in the game. And I think we – I mean, we – we didn't like kill the guy, but we beat him pretty good. I remember we, we got him out of there when we wanted. And um, I don't remember the final score of the game, but it was, uh, it was, that was the rumor going around that Matt Latos got a tattoo on his side, like on his pitching side of his back right before the game, like a day or two before. So we have to fact check that, but I'm not pretty sure that that happened. <laughs> well, the word was that the tattoo said what, what was the tattoo? I don't know. It was like a. I have no idea. I don't know what the significance. I don't. But my point is, is why would you go get a tattoo before you're about to pitch one of the most important games of your career? Right. 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 Well, I mean, he clearly he clearly had a thing for the Giants, and and the Giants. <laughs> he did. Uh, they, they they got him back in a number of ways, a number of years. <laughs> That's right. He did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to the postseason. Um, as I said, 73 at-bats in the regular season. You had 51 more, almost as many in the postseason uh, as you as you did in the regular season as a Giant. You drive in the only run of the first game of the NLDS against the Braves. You homer later in that series. What do you remember about that series? Because it, it felt like that's when you really started to solidify your place in, in Giants history. Yeah, I think that was, that's the series that probably – most people look past, um, I mean, you know, looking back in time, people probably look past. That was probably our toughest series against the Braves. Um, their pitching staff was ridiculous. They, are, they were so good. Uh, Derek Lowe was at his best at that point. Um, they had, I mean, just some unbelievable arms in the bullpen. And I just remember locking in and, and, and feeling like I, nobody could get me out. And I was so comfortable in that stadium going there because I played there for five straight years uh, against the Braves when I was with the Marlins and I knew all those pitchers I felt comfortable going in there knowing you know how they're going to try to approach me and it was a very very comforting feeling um, even though looking over seeing you know Bobby Cox and you know all those guys over there uh, and just just the familiarity of it was was huge for me and it calmed me big time. And, you know, I just think that that had a lot to do with uh, the way I played in that series. I, I mean, I, that was probably one of my better series I felt like. Um, and I remember after the, it was all said and done, uh, um, Pat Burrell was like, you're going to win the MVP of the series. And I'm like, Pat, I'm pretty sure there's not an MVP for the National League Division <laughs> Series, but that would be awesome if there was. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you, would, you would take care of that about a week later, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's hop to that NLCS, and here comes 
Roy Halladay, he led the league that year in wins. He led the league in complete games. He led the league in shutouts. He's coming off a no-hitter. This is arguably the most dominant pitcher in the National League that year, and uh, and you hop to the plate and, and just lock right in. So what was the game plan that night? You know, I've, I've faced him quite a bit. Um, like I said previously in the years when I was with the Marlins, and he was the nastiest pitcher I'd ever faced. I mean, I tried every – I've told this story before. I've tried everything against him. I tried – you know, hitting the ball the other way. I tried taking pitches to try to get him work the count. I tried hitting, you know, staying up the middle. And, I, you know, I just tried everything with zero success. I think I got one hit off of him um, before the uh, playoffs. And it was this jam shot over the first baseman's head that – or over, I think it was Ryan Howard's head that basically broke – I mean, it literally could have hit my – my hands that's how much it got inside on me and i somehow <laughs> jammed it over first base and you know in the in the in the uh box score it looked like a uh, line drive but i knew in my mind that he had beat me again even though i got a hit like that was basically the way my whole um career against roy went and definitely the most dominant pitcher i'd ever faced i mean he, that year he had that year was incredible i mean the dominance he had actually threw a no hitter i mean a perfect game against us that year um when i was with the marlins in miami and he was just unhittable i mean it was incredible and so i finally said you know what i've tried everything tried you know hitting the ball the other way tried to stay up the middle work the count try to you know jump him early and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to hit a homer. Like, I don't know why I got away from that approach because that's all I ever tried to do when I was playing baseball. Like, when I was actually an active player, I just tried to hit home runs. But so, so finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to hit a homer. And sure enough, he throws me that fastball, kind of ran middle in and down, and I just whacked it. And I'm like, oh, boy. And I, I was just surpri- as surprised as everybody in the stadium just as surprised as everybody in my dugout, or just as surprised as probably Roy Holiday, because I had you know zero chance against him ever. Holiday with the pitch on the way. Ross hits a high drive deep left field. This one is way back there. It is gone. Cody Ross, there's your secret weapon, has picked up the first ever postseason hit against Roy Holiday, and it's a home run. And the Giants lead one to nothing here in the third. Um, so running the bases, and I really can't feel my legs running around because I'm so excited and just overwhelmed with joy and just like what just happened because I am like in a dream. It feels like so I you know get around. And I'm hitting the dugout and kind of sitting there and like really honestly, I'm like, am I dreaming right now? This is absolutely crazy. <laughs> Well, sure enough, I wasn't, and so I get up my second, my, you know, I think it was my second at bat or whatever it was, and lo and behold, same pitch, whack, hit it again. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just did, and I almost hit it in the exact same spot. Here's Holiday as he winds and deals to Ross, and Ross, it's a drive to left, hit very well, it is way back, out of here! Cody Ross has done it again, and the Giants take the lead. I think this is where you say, are you kidding me? Who is this guy? And I'm like, no, I'm really dreaming. This is not even, like, funny. This is actually a dream. And I'm like, 
I'll never forget, like I said a minute ago, when I was running around, my legs, like I felt like I was running on clouds because I was so just on a high. It was the most incredible feeling. Um, You know, and and I say this a lot to people when I talk about it is nobody would actually ever remember that if it wasn't for Tim Lincecum. Tim Lincecum absolutely threw a gem against one of the most dominating lineups that National League has seen. I mean, those guys, you run up and down that lineup were, I mean, perennial all-stars, some Hall of Famers. I mean, it's just like just incredible, incredible lineup. Um, and in in Philly, which is not an easy place to pitch in, and Tim absolutely shoved. And, you know, I have I give him – not all the glory, but I give him most of it <laughs> and, and say, say if it wasn't for Tim, my boy, like I'll never forget that. Like he threw an absolute gem. Nobody would ever talk about what I did if it wasn't for him. It's amazing that you said, I'm just going to go try to hit a home run because I don't know that. I mean, we've always heard every fundamental uh, video or conversation you have is don't ever just go up there thinking home run. Uh, but that's right. what you did, and it and it worked twice. Especially against a guy that throws a nasty sinker. Like, it's like the worst thing you can try to do is try to hit a home run, like, against a guy like that. And that's why I don't think I had very much success against him, because I was, like, I was always trying to get, like, base hits up the middle because he would throw a ball, a pitch, that would start at your belt, and it would, and it would end up at your knees, and it was always on the corner. And so you really couldn't do much with it. It was like you were trying to – either hit one down the line or try to stay up the middle and just luck, like try to luck out and get base hits up the middle or base hits, you know, in the holes. And that's kind of what everyone tried to do. And that's why he was so dominant because people would just try to get base hits. And I'm like, you know what, this is not working. Like I'm just going to try to lift and separate here. And sure enough, it worked. Uh, after that game, what's life like? What, what kind of reaction are you getting from family, <clears throat> friends, and fans? My life uh, changed immediately after that. I mean, I went from basically just a regular, you know, average, I'd say average major league player, you know, 260 my career. It's about average, I guess you'd call it, um, to being sort of a household name. I mean, everybody, um, you know, uh, knew who I was at that particular time, and it was just a surreal feeling. I'd walk down the streets in San Francisco. I'd walk down the streets in Philly. And, you know, I didn't, I try not to walk in the streets in Philly because I didn't want to, you know, put myself at risk. But, <laughs> but I tried, you know, every, everywhere I went, you know, people would, you know, oh, Cody, great. Oh, you know, just like I started getting recognized. And it was kind of a, 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 a surreal deal. I mean, there was the fans in, in Miami. Um, you know, if they were diehard fans, you'd walk around, you would, you know, Hey, you know, good to see you, Cody, whatever. But, you know, it was a life changing deal for me that after that particular series in Philly, um, Ashcon, who giants fans know very well, did the viral uh, don't yeah. stop believing song before the playoffs made, uh, a, a, an overnight song about you after that game. Are, are you aware of this song? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very aware. I got to meet Ash Khan and, and hang out with him a little bit um, right after that. And, you know, just an amazing deal. I mean, awesome. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? 
It's your friend Ash What a week it's been. What a game last night. I had some people write me say, Ash, you gotta do something for Cody Ross. I said, I know. Let's go. Got a fresh lineup and we ready to hit. When we get home, them hits gon' splash. One in the third, another one in the fifth. That's a couple solo home run blasts. Here's the Cody Ross MVP thus far. Here's the Cody Ross MVP thus far. Here's the, here's the Cody Ross MVP thus far. I had to sing a little bit of something just for Cody Ross. First we took the West, then we took the Braves. Philly's up next, and we already took a game. I mean, just to say that, you know, I have a song about me is pretty freaking cool. I mean, he was he was huge at that time. He was huge. He was making all these hits from, you know, putting, you know, rapping on top of, you know, other people's uh, music. And it was just such a, a cool deal. And I remember, you know, uh, my all my family and everybody were sending it to me. And it was just a, a really cool deal. And it's funny when I hear it. And I mean, I haven't heard it in years, but. Maybe I should go back and listen to it. Maybe it'll pick me up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wondered. I wondered if you have a uh, if you have a review of the song for us. I don't. I don't. I don't. I got to get one though. I, I'll get one. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, Are you trying to get me to sing it? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, if you, you feel free. <laughs> uh, uh, another episode. You, uh, another you, episode. perfect, perfect. We'll do the musical version. Uh, <laughs> you had another home run the, uh, the the very next day off of Roy Oswald, and you add oh, yeah. him in. Those guys were considered unhittable going into the series. Uh, what's going on with you at that time? Like, how are you keeping your confidence high, and, and what is it that you found in that moment? Uh, I got to go back. Yeah, uh, yes, I will answer that question. I got to go back to the Roy Oswald uh, home run. So, Roy has always been a guy. He was he was such a bulldog. I mean, such a great competitor. I loved facing him because you knew you were going to get everything you had from him. Um, and <clears throat> I'll, never, I'll never forget I was in – Cincinnati when I was there for a very short brief period of time I was there for like a month or something and uh Roy I'm facing him in Cincinnati and he throws one up and in and it hits my hand and I thought I broke it and had to go on the DL because I had a really I mean it was just swollen but just a small little fracture anyway so we get into that second game and I'm it's going through my head I'm like oh this guy last time I faced him he hit me and, you know, I'm pretty sure he loves to throw in because he, you know, is tr- always trying to get guys off the plate so he can throw the curve, like a nasty curveball and, and make, you know, almost try to buckle you. And so he first pitch after I hit the two homers off holiday, first pitch, he runs one. I mean, right underneath my chin. And I got so hot. <laughs> I was so mad. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to channel all that energy right now into just trying to hit another home run. And sure enough, he threw a pitch right down the middle, and I, I hit it. And I, that, honestly, that was my most favorite home run because I hopped so high after I hit that thing because I was so mad. That he, he was trying to intimidate me, but that's how he was. He was in a, he was, that's what, that's how he pitched. That's how he was so effective. He, he was such a competitor. He would. You know, he was not afraid to pitch in. He wasn't afraid to pitch up and in. And, um, you know, just I, I love the guy. Um, I don't really know him all that well. I just loved watching him pitch and love watching um, 
him compete. But I'll never forget, I was so mad, and I hit that thing, and I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, I was, I was fired <laughs> up after that. <laughs> uh, but, no, I guess, <laughs> I, guess to, I guess to answer your question, uh, there was – I had this feeling in my brain and in my body that I'd never felt before. And it was like – almost like, okay, I, I know I'm not going to get out. It's, 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 not, it's just not a matter of how – like, if I'm going to hit this, it's how hard I'm going to hit this ball. And that's kind of that feeling I kept the entire way through um, the whole playoffs. And I had this confidence that uh, I just – I'd never felt before. I mean, I'd go through stretches in my career where I'd, you know, hit, you know, I'd go, you know, I have a really good series, maybe two, three good series in a row. And your average would jump by, you know, 50 points in the early part of the season and maybe like 10 to 15 points in the later part of the season. So you, you go through stretches as players getting hot and cold, but that particular time was a different feeling. Like it was almost like I I was determined that nobody was going to, I was better than every pitcher that I faced. And I had that feeling and I'd never felt like that before. And um, it was just obviously very good timing. It's sad because I never got to play in the playoffs again after that. Um, And, and I I always wanted to see how I'd feel going into another playoff. Um, Although I don't know, man, I don't know if if you're going to have one playoff want to be in one playoff in your entire career and win the world series and then win MVP. I don't know if I ever want to play in another one after that, but um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's like when I just, I just went to uh, Pebble beach uh, this past May and I think they showed it on the jumbotron. Um, and I hit, I made a hole in one at on number seven at Pebble, which is iconic hole uh, par three on the water there at Pebble. Yes. And I, that was my first home run or first hole in one ever. And my last, and I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I ever want to make another hole in one. Like I'm done. I don't, right. I, if I do, if I do make one, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to say that this is my only one I've ever made, but kind of, um, kind of the same feeling with, uh, with the playoffs, you know, it was, uh, it was just a, one of those times where I felt like I, nobody could get me out. And it was, like I said, it wasn't how, if, if I was going to hit it, it was how hard, Man, you visit the zone at some big moments. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, just, uh, like I said, surreal moment. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of kept it going a little bit in the World Series. Uh, it was, I, I didn't have as great as a series, but I did, I did felt like I still hit the, hit the ball well. I, swing, I mean, I swung the bat well. Um, but, uh, you know, the numbers weren't as great, but, um, yeah, I contributed <laughs> at least. Well, no doubt about it. In fact, you know, you win that series in five games. You you did have another home run that came in Texas, and it it came in the only game you guys lost. But I I noticed it, it broke a lengthy scoreless streak for the team. And I wonder, even in that moment, and even in a loss, if you felt a little offensive momentum shift there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember. Game one, we destroyed them at home. And then game two, we beat them pretty good. And then uh, game three, we – I think we played three at home. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we beat them pretty good. I think we went into the series 3-0, and and I'm like, oh, boy. You know, going into Texas, we have a really good lead right now. And um, ironically, I grew up a Ranger fan, and I went to a lot of baseball games when I was a kid there. And that's kind of the way I, um, the love of the game started for me in Texas. And 
So I had a lot of amazing memories watching a lot of my heroes on that field. And I'd never stepped foot in that ballpark until game four of the World Series. And I remember when I was being recruited out of high school, or not recruited, I guess, uh, scouted out of high school, um, I really wanted the Rangers to draft me. I did a pre-draft workout in Texas in ball, and, and you know, did I, I felt like I had a really good workout. Ended up, they passed on me, so I'm like, gosh dang, I really wanted to be a Ranger. And so the first time I ever got to step foot in, in Arlington Stadium at that point, it was called, um, I hit a home run in my very first game there. And talk about a special, special moment. Even though we lost, like you said, we it, it, it kind of started our – we we kind of got shut out of pretty good by – I think it was uh, – what was the guy's name? Uh, gosh, why am I drawing a blank right Colby now? Colby Lewis? Uh, was it uh, – Colby Lewis, yes. And Colby actually got Colby drafted. Colby Lewis, yeah. Year. Yeah, Colby Lewis got drafted, I think, the same year I did. I want to say – and Texas took them and – and um, it took him instead of me. So I'm like, gosh, dang, I really, you know, really like to get this guy. I don't really know him, but I'd like to get him just to kind of show him. I, you know what? It should have took me instead of him. So that was kind of like the stuff that used to go through my head. And, um, you know, it ended up, like you said, it ended up, uh, you know, we went through a little bit of a, a, a lull in runs in runs scored at that point, And we hadn't really faced any of that. We've, we we swing the bats really well as a team overall um, throughout all the series, and then all of a sudden we get to game four and we just hit like this like skid of you know, of no runs, and we're like, what the heck's going on? And of course we you know I mean we had um, uh, Cliff Lee the next day. We're like, oh, if we lose against Col- uh, Colby Lewis, then we got Cliff Lee, who's one of the best pitchers in the game. Like it could easily get back to you know San Francisco. So. As 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 it, it almost it looks like we dominated that series and we kind of did, but in our minds, like every single out, every single uh, run was so important because we knew that if it got back to Cliff Lee at any point, like he he could beat us. I mean, that's how dominant he was. And right. you know, it was right. uh, it was a battle. That that game five was incredible i mean he he pitched an absolute gem and I'm, i'll never forget um i think it, i don't remember what happened but i think it was like in the eighth inning or something i i got a base hit up the middle and kind of got us or, or maybe a seventh inning i can't remember what it was anyway got a base hit kind of got us a little rally going next guy walks i think and then i think that was when aubrey laid the bunt down and you know it was like the only sack or sack bunny ever made in his life apparently or whatever and then um you know and then you have uh, hitting the the home run so all that happened and we could have easily lost the game but you know our pitchers were so dominant they kept us in every game every single game we felt like or we knew we had a chance to win and you know obviously if it wasn't for them uh we wouldn't be having this conversation right now i mean we had them for me i knew going into every Every series, whether it be the Braves, the Phillies, who I felt like was the best team, or the Rangers, um, we had a chance to win with with our horses on the mound and our bullpen. Uh, that uh, that game five, it was the seventh inning, by the way, and uh, with Edgar Renteria at the plate, you're at third base, and I wonder from from your vantage point and and your emotions. 
Take us through that oh. moment as he connects with the ball. Oh, man, that was, for me, that was the highlight of, I would say that was probably the second best feeling I had um, of the entire series. 2-0 the count. Lee pitches. Renteria hits a high drive. Deep left center field. David Murphy going back. He's on the warning track. It is gone! Edgar Renteria has hit a three-run homer against Cliff Lee. And the Giants lead here in the World Series three to nothing. Just seeing the ball go in the air, my reaction, you can, I remember like jumping up and down with my hand, like my hands in the air, like jumping and uh, touching the plate and just this emotion going through. Um, like I said, probably the second best feeling I, I felt that entire time. The first, the, the, my number one feeling, best feeling I had the entire series was when, um, when uh, Wilt Brian Wilson struck out uh, Cruz. And I was, I remember, I'll never forget it. Just the, the joy and relief that, came off of my shoulders just thinking to myself, wow, we're world champions. Like the first championship ever in the history of San Francisco, we just did it. And I'll never forget. And, you know, and all these thoughts are running through your head as you're, you know, <clears throat> running as fast as you can to go dogpile on everybody. And I'll never forget Aaron Rowan was playing center field at that time. And as soon as that last out was made, um, we start taking off running and I, we go and we jump in the air and we hug in midair and we both fell to the ground and started rolling and we just started laughing. I'll never forget it. We started laughing and, and, and I remember Torres came running over and like we started hugging and then everybody else was already on pitching mound, like jumping up and down and we ran in and just jumped on top of everybody. And it was just, uh, you know, one of those things that, I, I just tried to describe it in my in best as I possibly can, but no words can can describe the feelings that I had or I'm sure my, any of my teammates had. What do you remember <laughs> from the parade? Wow, I remember I remember it being an absolute just a sea a sea of orange. I mean, ev- everywhere. I mean, people were on light poles. They were on. Uh, they were they were standing everywhere. They were standing on top of roofs. On you know, I mean, just on top of shoulders, on top of trees. I mean, people were hanging from everywhere, and it was the most incredible, incredible. I, I remember thinking to myself, if I lived in San Francisco and I was a Giants fan, I don't think I'd come down here because this is crazy. And just the <laughs> just just as just, I can't tell you how amazing that makes that made us feel just, I mean, for people to take off work to go down there and fight the crowds and just get a glimpse of as everybody drove by uh, was something that you can't really repay to fans. I mean, we obviously we winning a world series, you try to, and you know, do as much as you can for the city, but for them to come out and support us like that, that was incredible. And I want to say everybody listening Thank you so much for doing that. That means so much to us. I mean, obviously supporting us during the games and supporting us you know, while we play, played and being there. But after being there at the parade when, you know, like I said, fighting those crowds and trying to find a place to stand. I mean, it was 15, 20 deep 
of people on the side of a street and, you know, trying to look over people to see, just catch a glimpse and wave. And it was absolutely, I mean, something obviously I'll never experience again in my life. And, you know, just an incredible, incredible thing to be a part of. I mean, I think uh, we can tell in listening to you talk about it, and I think this probably warms the hearts of a lot of Giants fans, is that uh, it, it was very uh, very much at the forefront of your collective minds that this wasn't maybe just winning a World Series, but this, this was the first. I mean, it, you know, as you know, they won two more within the next few years, but uh, right. there's, nothing, there's nothing like that that 2010 world series and you were a huge part of that yes i and i and i i and i appreciate that but i i tell that to people all the time you know and i and i think some of those other teams the 2000 excuse me 2012 and 2014 teams were had some amazing stories and i know you're going to get to you know talk to some of those guys too but you know it's like your first you know kiss or your first you know girlfriend you always remember or you know you always remember those ones but I never remembered my second one. (laughs) (laughs) Fourth, third. (laughs) Uh, They're all special in their own special way, but you know, it is, it is nice. It is amazing. Just an an true honor to be a part of any world series team, but I guess being a part of the very first one is, uh, you know, something, something special and nobody can ever take away from us. You know, it's fascinating. You had another year as a Giant, which was the Buster Posey injury year, but you, you look oh, at your man. career as a whole, right? The, you've put on, uh, gosh, I think I count uh, seven or eight other uniforms, right? Tigers, Marlins, yes. Reds, Dodgers, Red Sox, Diamondbacks, and A's. Um, but in that, in, that, in that year and a half, that's, that's what you're – you're most remembered for out of your entire career. So if, if you were to put into words just what your, your time in San Francisco means to you as a whole, what would you say? I feel like I was there uh, a lot longer than a year and a half. I felt like I was there for my whole career just because of the special moments that I've had that we all share as teammates as fans as you know uh as an organization um it was just something that i never got to feel it anywhere else and and you know the sad part is not the sad part but that next year like you were talking about with the when buster um got hurt we were playing really well and as soon as he went down our whole team went down and it was like we could not recover from it and you know and then obviously he's he was our horse. He was our, you know, he was a huge leader on our team, even as a young kid, like as he was. Um, and it was just, uh, it, it was a sad day when, when that happened. But my memories um, being there will, uh, will always be so positive and just so just great. And all the positive definitely outweighed the negative um, of that, that next year. And, uh, you know, something that I can look forward to telling my grandkids and, and you know, and rehashing these, these stories and memories um, for years to come. Uh, you know, this is a special year for us this year, 2020, as being our 10th, our, uh, you know, the 10-year the reunion. Um, and I'm looking 
really forward to getting back to San Francisco and seeing a lot of the fans. It's, it's, it's really funny because now when I go back, I've been back a few times in the past few years and, and uh, you know, these kids will walk up to me and they'll be like, Hey, I, and I, I mean, are you Cody Ross? I'm like, yeah. And I look at him. I'm like, wait a second. Like you're like 12 and that means you're only two. <laughs> I'm like, how the heck do you know who I am, man? He's like, oh, my dad told me. That's <laughs> my right. My dad told me. I'm like, thanks, man. Like, you're making me feel really old right now. But, <laughs> but anyway, I, I do. I look forward to getting back and seeing uh, everybody and, uh, you know, enjoying the, the special time and, and special, uh, special year. Cody, what a, what a complete joy to have this conversation with you. A whole lot of fun. I really appreciate you. We all really appreciate you taking the time to do it. Absolutely. And I enjoy it just as much as you guys. It's such a, a, a pleasure and a treat to be able to sit, uh, sit here and talk about it and re, relive a, some of the greatest memories of my life. And I really appreciate you guys. Cody, that was really fun, man. Thank you for sharing was, as much as you did. Oh, Absolutely. It was, a, it was, like I said, it was a joy. I appreciate it. Yeah, look forward to seeing you when you guys get here for the reunion. Yes, awesome. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, you too. All Be right. well. Thank you too. See you later. Thanks so much for listening to Inside Giant Moments presented by Oracle. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review and share the podcast with your friends and family. For more exclusive conversations, subscribe to the Inside Giant Moments podcast presented by Oracle now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.